0: Yo, 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 it's your boy EJ Smith and this is the Breakfast for Dinner podcast where we talk about sports and everything going on in your day-to-day lives from breakfast to dinner. Now it's been a while and the reason why it's been a while is because solo podcasts aren't fun. They really aren't. Doing it by yourself, it doesn't help. So I have a guest, let's do air quotations, a potential co-host. Co-host. Miles, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, brother. How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. There's a lot of UFC we gotta talk about, man.
1: A whole bunch, man. There's been a whole bunch of past events in the past what three, four weeks that went down, a whole bunch of you know, you new UFC news that are coming out, new potential matchups, new events coming up soon. So yeah, we got a bunch to talk about.
0: Literally the whole year of Twenty twenty one has been jam packed,
1: jam packed, and leading into the end of the year, you know, with the big, big, uh, big main event fight in mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden with Usman and Covington to kind of close out the year. We got a whole bunch of matchups next week, well, this week actually coming up, Barbosa. Mm-hmm. There's a it's, it's 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 hot right now, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's steaming, steaming hot, steaming hot.
0: I'll tell you that, Miles. But here's the thing. Before we get into the Edison Barbosa, before we get into Barbosa, let's talk about what happened, what, two weeks ago? Not last, not last fight week, not last fight match, but the, the week before that. It was Lewis, Let me... Derek Lewis and gone.
1: Serial gone. Yes, man. I
0: talk about it. Let's talk about it. So when it comes to Derek Lewis, it's either you love him or you hate him. You know what I mean? We love his interviews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when it comes to his fights it's he seemed a little not not we're it's, not talking not, we're not talking about this fight in particular we're just saying in in general his history he seems a little tired a little laxadaisical, you know gassed if you want to say
1: yeah I I'd say that honestly um Derek Lewis you know you know you have a whole bunch of UFC fighters or MMA fighters in general where you know, they're first round monsters, but when it goes to second, third, fourth, fifth round, their gas tank kind of depletes and everyone can see it. So I kind of feel like he's a hit or miss either, you know, he gets you out of there the first round, but once you drag him the second, third, maybe even fourth or fifth, that's when you really can start to see, you know, the deterioration of the gas tank. And I, I've always known Derek Lewis to be, you know, a first round fighter, um, You know that fight against him and Volkov, he was getting manhandled the whole fight until like those last four seconds, and he miraculously knocked him out. Um, And then you look at a guy like Serial Gan, man, who's a lot more skillful, has a lot more tools in the toolbox, you know, when it comes to grappling, striking, has a way better gas tank, from what I've seen, is way much, you know, in better shape, Um, you know, and it just kind of, it just kind of it kind of overlaps, you know, just that one-punch right-hand power, you know, when you have a whole bunch of other tools that you can apply to the game, so I, um, I kind of saw Serial Gunn picking him apart, you know, just you know, just looking and seeing his past fights and all of what he stood at then comparing it to Derek Lewis, you know, it's, he says he's the baddest blue belt in the heavyweight division, I mean, but when you have a guy who, like Serial Gunn, who's can strike, who can grapple, and who's probably a way higher ranking in jujitsu. It's kind of like okay, well, you know, it's kind of ten to one there. So,
0: so question for you then: What could Derek Lewis have done differently, or was it inevitable that he was going to lose? Because I it think. seemed it seemed like S- <laughs> Gon was just running circles around him. He was he was definitely. Cause when I watched the fight, right, Miles, when I watched the fight, mm-hmm. I saw Derek Lewis he was definitely sitting in the pocket, waiting for that, that one great punch. Where yep. Gone, he was moving around the octagon, circling, you know, moving, going left yeah, and right. Man.
1: Mm-hmm. Moving around, circling, cutting angles. You know, Joe Rogan and everyone says this guy Ciro Gunn, he moves like a middleweight. He's cutting angles, he's fainting, he's you know, he just Like I said, it goes back to having uh, having more tools in the toolbox than your opponent. You have guys, you have a lot of guys in the UFC where just all they can rely on is that one-punch knockout. For example, uh, Tyron Woodley, until everyone you know kind of figured out, okay, all he has is a right hand. Of course, his wrestling is good, but he relies on that right hand too much. So if we can find a way around that, then it's pretty much done. You know, you can't be one-dimensional fighter especially in this day and age with mma because everyone's evolving mma is evolving every single day um so it just goes to show that you can't just be that one-dimensional fighter where's where it's, where it's like i can rely on my right hand i'll be good or i can rely on my jiu-jitsu and be perfectly fine there's going to be guys who are great jiu-jitsu practitioners and if they go against a good jujitsu guy and they stop a takedown and they're kind of like oh shit, i don't know what else to do then you know it's that's kind of it so i kind of knew not even kind of knew i kind of figured that Cyril god would win the fight especially you also had to think that Derek lewis was fighting in houston his his own city He's so that down. that that in itself is a whole bunch of pressure on your shoulders you know if you lose um, so i felt like he had all the weight on his shoulders fighting in houston and not only fighting on just a regular fight fighting for an interim belt in his hometown. So, you know,
0: friends and family were there. Everyone. Friends,
1: family, f- fans who know him, who are living in the city. So that's a, that's a lot of pressure yeah. yep. in itself. Yep. So when you have a guy who's Rubik's Cube, like Cyril Gunn, Cyril Gunn isn't your average middleweight. I mean, not middleweight, heavyweight. You know, he's, he has everything. You know, he's, he's heel hooking guys. He's knocking people out. He's throwing flying knees and question mark kicks. He's not your average heavyweight who just you know throws the kitchen sink into into every punch so i feel like in his future fights especially with him and francis and ganu they were former training partners as well and i saw a little bit of sparring footage of those two and serial Gunn was working francis so what you know yeah what what did i just hear you
0: say miles he said you are you saying that he on a scale of one to ten what what's the chances of Syragan being a new heavyweight champion of the UFC?
1: I would say a five and a half, maybe six. Okay. I say that because of the um, I say that because of the improvements that Francis made from the time he fought um, Stipe the first time, always the second time. And you can you can you can see it as clear as day as the, um, the improvements that he made for that steep A2 fight with his wrestling takedown defense with his own wrestling and grappling, and he was a lot more patient that second fight with Stipe. He was very he was a lot more calculated. So and especially if you're fighting a former teammate, I mean years ago, of course, fighters evolve um, evolved, but I feel like he knows serial guns pattern still and i know that he'll be improving and making you know changes in this game for the upcoming fight so i honestly it'll be it's a 50 50 to me i can see either one of them winning i can see francis you know putting him out third round or i can see serial gun dragging him to deep waters all the way to the fifth pulling it off so that's just how i view it that's honestly a tough one because francis has a gas tank as well um Yes. Francis knows when to blow his tank. Like for instance, for example, when he fought Rosenstrunk, yes,
0: Rosenstrunk yes. isn't a
1: yes. guy who has all those tools like serial gun. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Francis went in there like, "All right, I'm just going to put this guy out oh, first round gonna, and just I'm swing just and swing. Like you out. Yep. And look what happened to him. He's not going to be able to do that with serial gun.
0: No, he is not. That's going to be a fight, and I am ready for it. Um. Not gonna lie, I'm still waiting on Jones to come outside, man, and fight Francis. But who who knows? Uh, I know <laughs> John Jones,
1: uh, you know. Do you,
0: Don't you? I'm not gonna lie. Now, now, I said love or hate Lewis, man. That that, that guy's a love or hate. You, 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 John, me personally, yeah. I love Jones. I don't care how much cocaine he does. I don't care how much <laughs> Pico is in his system. I love the man, and he—he's
1: I, I, the goat in my opinion. I don't care. <laughs> I see. I will. I, a long pause there. Yeah, I yeah. I have a love hate relationship yeah, with him. Yeah, exactly yeah, what you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I applaud him for all of his accomplishments, but I feel like this like this game is evolving, man. I feel like yeah. Dominic Reyes won that fight. I felt like Thiago Santos yes. was on him the whole time and could have won that fight. And he's been sitting out for a while now. I know he's been training. I know he's still been active.
0: Yeah, but that's different from going in the ring, going to the octone, right?
1: Yeah, most definitely. And another s- speculation of this is John Jones has put on over like thirty pounds to make it to be a heavyweight. He is huge now. If you haven't seen him, I have not. And that that could be bad. You know, he may not have that same pop, that, that same speed. speed, that same agility. You know, just because you put on a few pounds, it, it may slow him down. It may not. So that's just something that we're going to have to wait and see. But then again, he's still sitting on the sidelines. I don't. I know they offered him the Stipe fight. I don't know if he agreed to that or if he said no. I want. The, I want no title fight. I don't know what's going on with him, but. I'm interested to see heavyweight John Jones against a serial gun. A, ooh, him versus serial gun would be ridiculous.
0: Oh, that would be amazing. Him,
1: that would be him, him versus Steep. They would be ridiculous. So there's there's some big fights for him, but if that paycheck isn't looking right for Johnny, he's, he's going to take it, it down. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's,
0: he's just like Conor in that aspect. But
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, the the fight, another fight that was on that card that I would love to talk about. I love the guy. I'm pretty sure everybody else loves him. Jose Aldo. Oh, man. Um, he he has a his he has a history had a history of being the, what the most dominant was mm-hmm. it was it lightweight no featherweight
1: featherweight yep
0: most dominant featherweight of all time, and they kind of just crushed that in like what six seconds. honestly I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you I wanted him to win that fight but him going to bantamweight I think he should have done that years ago what's your thoughts on that
1: yeah same here um it's just you know it's just kind of where you feel more comfortable at he looks good at the way he's at now he looked phenomenal his last fight and he broke his own record I believe and he only looks better and better I mean and I thought he was a lot older than him, what he was. He's like, what, 32,
0: 33? He's 32, he's,
1: 33, yep. He's young, man. And he's been in this game so long. So I can see him fighting for a title if he keeps performing the way he's yeah, performing. And, he, and he
0: did really good against Munoz. He did really good.
1: Yeah. He yeah looked, and, good and,
0: and Munoz is no
1: slouch. No, not at all. And his boxing just looks so crisp and precise. And, you know... If he, he can, he can fight for the title anytime now. I, I feel like so. You think so? Yo, Cause yeah, cause, absolutely. Because I was absolutely. I was the good. fight. Yeah. Go ahead. The fight with him and uh, Pyotr Jan, Did he fight Jan? Yeah, was very fight? close for that title in Abu Dhabi. So I mean, I feel like he's still up there. I don't feel like he's washed. I feel like he's getting better and better. And mm-hmm. yeah, he should have made that move to that weight class. Um a few years before because i feel like he would have been at the top but he's still climbing the rankings right now so you know it's yeah man jose aldo he's he's still he is a goat <laughs> and he's still in here being beating these contenders so i feel like he still has a bright future in the ufc honestly
0: yeah and no, i was just talking with a buddy of mine and i i literally told him i said the Bantamweight Division, in my opinion, and you and you can, you know, uh rebuttal this, in my opinion, I feel like the Bantamweight division is the best division in the UFC.
1: Uh yeah. Yeah. As I far as say, far yeah. as
0: as far as fighters and talent wise. I would there's
1: say there's a lot of fighters in the them, Bantamweight division. I, I would say that division. And I'd also say one seventy. Okay i can i can i get say that. i say welterweight i say welterweight it's it's pretty freaking stacked
0: it's pretty stacked i can i can see that
1: it's it's pretty stacked it you know you amazing. have Kamaru usman the pep, the welterweight champ yes kobe Cummington. amazing jorge monsvital you have vicente Luque. and
0: he just, he he just he just uh, uh submitted
1: you he didn't? just d- submitted Michael Kiesa with a darts choke, and Michael
0: Kiesa is really good at submissions. I'm surprised he didn't. You know,
1: Michael Kiesa trains at my gym from time to time, and I've seen his grappling, I've seen his jiu and it's crazy, out dude. of this world. The fact that Vicente Luque, he Vicente took took a few good licks, but the fact that he finished him in the very first round with a darts choke, one of Michael Kiesa's favorite submissions, is ridiculous to me. S- so where do you see um,
0: Vicente Luque in this? I mean, he's he's, he, he's not so really he up called, there in
1: age, but he's you know he's he called he called up the champ. Uh huh. Um, I feel like he needs two more fights for two? a potential title shot. Vicente, okay, okay. yeah, okay. I feel like he needs to fight. <sighs> this is hard, there's, but there's a lot of good fights in that division. If he wants it. Exactly. And his teammate just lost to to Kamaru. Yes. Would he want to fight Gilbert Burns? Would he want to fight Jorge Masvidal, who just lost to Usman? I feel like he needs about one or two more um, to get that title shot. And it all just depends on how this plays out in November, I believe, with Usman Covington, too, which is something I'm looking forward to so, so much. Um, but I guess it just kind of all plays out with that and who wins that because Usman has been going on a tear. But well, how crazy will it be if Kobe wins this fight in November? That'll shake up the Great division like no nothing else. Mm. Yes. So, you know, we should play played by ear and see see what happens. But Vicente Luque is up there. Gilbert Burns, you know, Michael Kiesa still isn't out of the out of the mix. And then you have Kevin Lee coming back this week, so you know it's we. Have, I say the welterweight, welterweight division has some has some killers too.
0: Okay, okay, I can get down with that. I can get down with that. Um, where where is I going with this? Where is I going with this? Yeah, no. Um, the welterweight division, weight division, two amazing weight classes in their own right. Um, yeah. Now let's switch focus a little bit. Let's switch focus a little bit. Last event, potential knockout of the year.
1: Oh man! Elizabeth, yes, Roosevelt,
0: Ignacio, that spinning back kick he, was
1: crazy. That that was something that he was baiting the whole fight. Um, he was he was he threw it a couple times, but it missed. And then he started opening Roosevelt up with the spinning back kick, spinning back kicks to get his hands down. And the buzzer beater knockout, when he was tired, when he couldn't hold his hands up anymore, because he was just exhausted, he was getting beaten down. He throws it again and it lands flush and puts him out. I think what makes that knockout so spectacular in itself. Is the time span he did it? He had what six seconds left in the third yes, round.
0: Literally, it was literally the the ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, and then five went, and then literally, and the, uh, boom.
1: The awareness that he had to put him out, he knew he really won the fight. He he knew that, but the fact that he was aware of the time, he heard the, he heard the 10-second mark, and he still you know he's you know what, f this. I'm going to do it again. He's tired. His hands are low. And that's all she wrote. That is definitely potential knockout of the year. It probably even, that probably is knockout of the year because I don't think there's been, there's been some knockouts <laughs> this year, but nothing of that nature. And that knockout reminded me so much of Edson Barbosa's spinning wheel kick knockout. Yes. Ignacio
0: um, Bajamundez is amazing. Um, what weight class was that? I, I I I missed it.
1: That's ah, let me see here. What was I believe that was bantam? That was bantam. Bro. I'm t- I'm telling you, man. I, yeah, Miles, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, Yeah. weight's crazy. It is. It is. And this was his. I believe this was his debut. That
0: was I his debut. Was,
1: I think this was his debut because he won a contender series fight with a front oh, kick to the face, my and knocked him out.
0: God. Welcome to the I UFC, believe, Ignacio. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I feel like this is his debut, and you know you can't. He got that fifty k bonus as well, so yeah, oh, yeah. he's
0: huh?
1: Huh? he's he's gonna be a he's gonna be a problem too. Yeah, no, he, he's gonna he's gonna be a problem.
0: He's gonna be amazing. I, I can't wait. I want. I literally want to see more of him. I can't wait. I cannot
1: wait. Um, yeah, and I'm sorry. He he. This is uh, lightweight. This is one fifty five.
0: Even better. Lightweight just got even better. The lightweight yep. division just got even better. Gaethje, watch out. Just saying.
1: <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um,
0: And then we had... What else we had? We had... Oh! <laughs> fr- Cannoneer versus Kelvin Gastelum. What are your thoughts on that fight? Because that could have went both ways. Um, it was... When I watched that fight, man, I'll tell you something. Gaslam, he doesn't gas out.
1: Gaslam has a gas tank. (laughs) I like that. Gaslam has a gas tank. I like that. I didn't notice... I didn't notice how, how much of a gas tank he had until the Adesanya fight, when he was still going at the same pace he was in the first round and the fifth round. I also... Want to point out Kelvin Gastelum's freaking chin? Cannoneer yeah. put him on his tail twice, I believe. He dropped the him first He dropped
0: him once. Yep. yep. Was
1: it with a lead hook?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right and hook. folded him. And Kelvin popped up fast, like as like a deer in headlights. Mm-hmm. Popped up and got back up. I don't understand. And you know they always say it's that Mexican fighting spirit, but his chin is ridiculous. I don't know how he survived that. It could have went both ways. So here's the thing,
0: Miles. For me, that was a five round fight. Um, we'll talk about what their futures are after this, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I felt well, it was. T- I felt like it was like two two going into the fourth, and then that last. Me personally, I thought it was two two. How do you how do you feel about mm-hmm. that? Because it was a, it was a unanimous decision, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. No, I know. I feel the same way, hundred percent. What were the judges looking very, at? I forget what the scorecards were, but it was super close. No, not, I think I got it. Um, go. You know, Jared Cannonier is a monster. He is the dark horse of the division. But and I keep hearing people saying, "Ah, Kelvin's on like on a five loss streak. Five, he's he's lost so many. And the UFC needs to release him. I don't think so because he still looked." He he's just come short every single fight both besides the Whitaker fight. Robert Whitaker did put a beating on him. But aside from that, I feel like Kelvin can still compete um in the rankings with ranked opponents. Jerry Cannonier, you know, Izzy wants to fight him so bad. But I don't I don't know how I feel about Jerry Cannonier, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't. He's thirty-seven understand. years old.
0: He was a heavyweight, and he moved down, which is really good. Yeah. But he didn't really look good in his last fight.
1: His last fight was with Robert, and he looked okay. And then this fight, I honestly—if he does this end up fighting Izzy for the belt, I—you know—I Izzy picks him apart. I feel like I—I I just don't. I don't know what Jerry here can do to win the belt. Is if, if Izzy pulls it off against Robert Whitaker for the second time. Um I don't I don't know. I have mixed feelings with Jared Kennedy, honestly. Yeah, I don't
0: yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I feel like um he has a lot to go. Yes, he won against Kevin Gaslem. He he lost against he it was a slaughter – for me, it was a slaughterhouse against uh, Robert Whitaker yeah. that jab was crazy um, Whitaker definitely needs to fight Izzy for the belt um, I low key I, I mean I obviously I think Izzy's going to win again but I think Robert has learned from his mistakes hopefully
1: hopefully hopefully but like I said this this sport evolves and fighters evolve over time so we can all say Robert Whitaker has gotten better but we can also say Izzy's gotten better too <laughs> so
0: yeah, no, he definitely got he definitely got way better. Way better. Um but yeah, no, no. There was a most of the most of those fights, there was a, a other than that that knockout of the year and um the Canonair one, the Canada versus Gaslam. Um I don't know if you saw, but uh Nunes. Nunez, oh what's her name? Oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank.
1: Um, was it the uh was it the short Brazilian girl? Yes,
0: the girl with no neck.
1: Yeah, Josanne yeah,
0: Nunes, she knocked
1: that girl out. She, 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 I call it bulldog fighting. She kept moving forward. She would not give that girl any space. Uh, but what she did was exactly what she needed to do. Her opponent was a lot taller than her, a lot longer than her. She, she, was, like, she was like, she was like, stuff is true. Yeah, you could not give her any space whatsoever so she was in her grill the whole time she could not handle the pressure and lights out and that's exactly what you have to do when you're fighting a longer and taller opponent can't give them any space mm-hmm. because if you do that they're just gonna pick you apart from the outside so the, that little, yeah she dogged her way in the trenches and she put her out and that's exactly what she, exactly she needed to do to get that win and here, but here's, there,
0: here's the thing too you have to know when you have to choose and know when to pick your person apart. If you're if you're the taller opponent, the link, the lengthier yeah. opponent, you know?
1: Yeah, and the person who does the best job of this is the middleweight champ Izzy. He picks people apart. Look at the fight with Paulo Costa and Kelvin Gaslam. Both guys shorter than him. He stays on the outside, he picks them apart, he throws feints to get reactions and he capitalizes on them. So but that also comes with experience. The woman she fought um I don't think you know. I don't think she had that enough, enough experience to know that she was throwing very long teeth kicks to keep her away, push kicks. But you can only you can only throw so many push kicks mm-hmm. and teeth to the body until your opponent figures it out. Basically, moving to the side and and cutting inside. So you know, Nunez did exactly What she needed to do: move her head, get in the inside, and piece her up. And that's <laughs> exactly what she did.
0: She definitely did that. Excellently, but um, exactly, I, I forgot exactly to what you gotta I, do. I forgot to ask you um about the Air and Gaslam for before, before I forget. Mm. Where does Gaslam go from here? Does he go to the John board?
1: Tough, that's a tough question because because he lost to,
0: or he's you lost said, said he
1: was done. Yeah. He lost to Robert. He lost to Jared. He lost to uh, Hermanson. Who else did he lose to? A lot of people. (laughs) A (laughs) lot. I wouldn't say cut him because Calvin Gaslam has done so much for the middleweight division. and To me, he's still a contender. But I don't know who you would give him at this point in time. Um, (sighs) Let me see what this middleweight division looks like because honestly, he's lost to...
0: Cut him, cut him and pick up MVP from uh, Bellator. That would be fun. Michael Venom Page, baby.
1: Yeah, this is true as well, but <laughs> Kelvin Gastelum isn't, you know, he's not.
0: A, he's not a Bellator
1: fighter. He would He would run through that, that he, whole. He would he run would through run them, <laughs> but I honestly just. Yeah, I don't know what he would. I do. just I give know. him.
0: Who would you give him? Who would you give him on his next fight? If you were Dana White right now. And Cannoneer just took Kevin Gaslam's spot for number three in the rankings. Who would you give Kevin Gaslam in his next fight? Knowing oh, the history that he's done, been through. The past fights.
1: Middleweight division. You can take your time with this one. Uh, do, 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 do. I do, know. <laughs> I don't know, because you can't give him anyone who's not ranked. You can't, but all the people that's ranked. <laughs> I don't know, Uriah Hall, maybe. Oh God, I mean, oh, that would—that's not bad. I mean, if he and if he loses to Uriah, then okay, yeah, let's talk about your future in this company. But I don't know
0: who else. I don't know yeah. who else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard because
1: if know. you get if you give someone unranked that's, that's just kind of disrespectful yeah yeah, that is disrespectful total disrespect that's a tough question and I'm glad I'm not a matchmaker because I'd say give me Uriah or mm. hell um, Edmund Shabazzian yeah that could work hell even Kevin Holland when he wants to when he wants to Ooh. get
0: back to next I wouldn't mind the trailblazer
1: yeah and that would be interesting fight, too, because he's been, uh, Kevin Holland's been in uh, in California at AKA at DC's gym getting his wrestling polished, And Kelvin's a wrestler, so that'd be interesting as well. And Kelvin is not afraid to stand and bang and get your face. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Holland loves a fist fight. So he that loves would the bang. Be, he loves the bang. That would be interesting.
0: Uh-huh. For the most part, I would say yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, you know, that's 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 just something that, you know, the UFC have to, and I know they've probably really had to sit down with him after that loss, but you can't cut him yet. You know, you can't just shoot him off to one FC or Bellator just yet. I would to give him a, a few more opportunities, see what happens, and go from there.
0: So my last and final question for you, Miles. Barbosa versus Giga. The Giga Kicks. You know those. Man. Who wins that fight and why?
1: <sighs> that's another tough one, man. That's another tough one that I think is just going to have to, I think that just, I think that's going to just bring, it's going to show who has the most heart because both of them have Ah, Actually, I take that back. Barbosa's gas tank, it, it kind of deteriorates over a while, but I'm going to have to say Edson takes it. Edson takes Barbo- it? I think Barbosa will steal it if, big if, uh-huh. but if he controls himself throughout the throughout the rounds. If he starts to slow down after round three or four, it may be Chikazi who takes it, because he's also a very smart, intelligent fighter, but Edson has so many weapons that I don't think Shikazi has seen before. I don't think Shikazi has felt those switch kicks or the punches to the body. No, not at all. So I'll say this. I see Edson winning, Uh but I won't be surprised or caught off guard if Shikazi wins.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: There's Hmm. so many tough matchups coming up. That I just can't give people direct answers to who's going to win. We'll talk about
0: it. What are, what are what are those matchups that you're talking that you're thinking about, sir? What are those matchups that you're I'm, contemplating?
1: I'm thinking of this one next week. I'm thinking about Volkanovski and Ortega. I don't know who's going to win that. That's going to be amazing. At all, I genuinely don't know. Um, I won't bring up Valentina because we all know she's going to brawl dog this woman. Oh yes, let's let's not. Um, you know, and then. You have Santos and uh, and Walker coming up.
0: That's going to be amazing, too. That's a good one.
1: That's going to be crazy. The only fight I can give you the answer to that's coming up is Derek Brunson versus Darren Till. And Darren Till is going to walk all over Derrick
0: Wait, like, whoa, whoa, there. whoa, 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 whoa. You can't say that to that, the gatekeeper. Come on, baby. That is the
1: wait, only wait, answer wait, wait. I can give to you 100%.
0: So for the people that are listening to my podcast... This is the person that is potentially going to be on my podcast. <laughs> a man that said Darren Till is going to walk all over Brunson. I need to know the reason. Please say it.
1: <laughs> I'll give you a minute. Give, you many give me
0: two good reasons.
1: I'll give you two good reasons. First, physically, Darren Till is bigger. He's stronger and he's taller. He knows his range. He's a good grappler. He's a good wrestler. And two, he doesn't fight like an angry little girl. Okay, okay. He's smart. Darren Till has fought the best of the best. Derek Brunson just beat Shabazzian. Um,
0: and, he beat and, somebody Holland. Else. Yep. and Holland. Yep. And Holland. Yep. Yep.
1: Those they are not the fighter that Darren Till is. I'm sorry. Edge Shabazzian is not the fighter that Darren Till is, and Kevin Holland is nowhere near the fighter that Darren Till is. Okay. This is going to be a hard matchup for Derek Brunson. Darren Till has not fought in a while. And you know, Darren Till does He's not hungry. care who it is. He's coming to bang. All I got to say is if Derrick Brunson wants to win this fight, he will utilize his wrestling as much as he can and keep Darren Till's back on the canvas the whole time and control him. But if he tries to stand and bang with Darren Till, oh no, oh God, I feel like it's going to be a long night for him. He's going to drag him into deep That's the only waters. way, exactly. The only way I can see Derek Brunson winning this fight, and you heard it here first. All right, he, he heard it he here he first, He utilizes cast. his wrestling and keeps, not just, not just takes him down 20 times, keeps him down and controls the fight. That is the only way I can see him win this fight. All
0: right. You know when this fight happens, and if Derek Brunson wins, you're going to get a lovely message from me.
1: If Derrick Brunson wins, I will soak up all the hate messages, and I will tell every single person, okay, you're right. You're going to you hear you from, told the, from so. the
0: Twitter MMA. You're going to hear from that too.
1: That's you know what? I want what? you hey, to
0: tweet that out so we can hey, save that.
1: My inbox is not private. Y'all can flood it. but. That's a big if. That's a big if. <laughs> yeah,
0: no. All right, hey, you heard it here first, Miles Bryant. This is going to be on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. You heard it here first for my listeners.
1: Here first, there, yeah. I hey, you know what? I'm so confident. I'm actually going to put money on that fight. I'm going to put there. Uh, I'm going to put a lot of. Yeah, that's how that's how confident I am. That's how confident I am in Darren Till. I how love Darren Till as a I, fighter. Uh-huh. I love him. I'm just a big fan of him outside of fighting. Yes, I I see him training. I watch his past fights. Yes. The only fights that he's lost significantly to is uh-huh. when he was young. He was cutting all of that weight to make 170. He was cutting at least 30 pounds to make 170. When he was depleted, is Tyron Woodley when he got when he got Dars and Masvidal. When he was cutting all that weight and take it from me, my last fight, I cut 23 pounds. It sucked. It takes a lot out of you before you fight. He was killing himself trying to make 70. He is much healthier at 85, much bigger at 85. He's going to get to 85, get in cage, maybe about 210, 215. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be full. You know, there's so many factors that play into this game that people don't see from from outside. Um, and that's just another point that I want to put out there is that Darren Till isn't cutting all this weight anymore. Darren Till is probably cutting at least ten pounds of water, so he's going to be perfectly fine. If he does take one on the chin, he'll be fine. about you know, it's it it's just, it plays such a factor, so that's another reason why I feel like he's going to dog him because this is his natural weight class. This is the weight class Darren Till has, has, should have been from the time he entered the UFC, not cutting. Mm-hmm. 10 15% of his body mass to like 70, and killing himself. And then when he takes one on the chin, like Majidal he just gets put out. So, yeah, it, it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be interesting.
0: It's gonna be a good. One. It's gonna be fireworks. It's gonna be fireworks. fireworks. Any last words that you would like to say?
1: Honestly, man, uh, this was a great podcast. This is actually my first ever uh, recording on a podcast. It was super exciting um everyone make sure y'all listen and tune in um you know this guy knows who's talking about it was absolutely fun if you guys are MMA fans or if you aren't MMA fans and if we can put you guys on the mma even though you probably guys don't know what the heck we're talking about i just you know just give it a listen you know there's two guys who are genuinely in love and passionate about this He's very sport. very passionate
0: um, about the game, man. Very passionate very, about it. Very passionate. Very passionate. Love to watch now,
1: it. It's, um, it's, it's exciting stuff. One and, that, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, as I was saying, uh, this is, this is very fun. I love this. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me on here. on yes. here and chopping it up with you about, yes, sir, to me, the greatest sport <laughs> in the world, not being biased because I'm a fighter myself, but, um, you know just two guys just talking about something they love and they're passionate about it. and it's fun and it's entertaining and a whole bunch of stuff so
0: I was about to say one guy that 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 loves to watch it and loves to analyze it and then one guy that actually does it
1: you can't, yeah, you, can't
0: you can't you can't go any better you can't go any better what, whatsoever but that's all I got for you guys today man this is the Breakfast Student Podcast I'm your host EJ Smith peace